Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. Uh, today, I am talking to you about appreciating differences in couples, how diverse opinions can enhance intimacy. So uh, the thing about it is we don't marry our clones. We don't commit in a committed relationship usually to someone who's so much like us. They might have some similarities to us, but they have plenty of differences. So how do we thrive in a situation where we're uh, very different from each other and we're going to have different preferences, maybe some different values about certain things. I mean, that's normal. There might be certain values that uh, partners need to share. Like they both value having children. I think that's kind of important, but there might be other values. Maybe one person really likes sports. They value it. They find it valuable. It's a valuable use of their time. And the other person has absolutely no interest in sports whatsoever. That doesn't mean it's the demise of their relationship or that it's a serious problem. It doesn't have to be an obstacle, but there's differences. So how can we enhance intimacy uh, in in situations where uh, there are those differences? So I've been talking about joint decision-making and uh, how important it is even having deep conflicts today. I really want to focus on on uh, on a few things. <clears throat> One, I want to talk about just the day-to-day differences and how we can deal with them and how they could lead to us appreciating these differences and how it could ultimately enhance intimacy. And the other, I'm going to talk about a personality style a test called the Myers-Briggs temperament inventory. It's not the only one, but it's one I'm familiar with and I've used in businesses, but I've used in relationships as well. And it's a way to appreciate differences. And that's one of the things about it. And when you learn this, when I got trained in it and trained other people in it, it is about appreciating our differences. So first, like the day-to-day, day-to-day decision-making. You know, I like this couch, my partner likes that couch. And they're different. The first thing we have to recognize is that in relationships, we do need to have a mindset of appreciating that we're different, accepting that we're different. That is crucial, that we need to uh, accept that we're not the same person and that there are detours in life. When you commit to another person, you're basically saying, that means that I can't always get what I want when I want it. Can't. Not if you're with somebody who's a separate person than you, who doesn't share everything, same preferences and everything. You can't always get everything you want. So just using the, um, what I thought about sports, one person really being to sports, the other not. I mean, I'll use me in, in this video because it's so easy. I, really like sports. I like watching sports. There's If there's a Lakers game on, I want to watch it. And my wife doesn't have interest in it. It seems like 
uh, when, when it's a championship, she gets interested in it. But other than that, she's really not interested in it. And so I say, hey, I want to watch the Lakers. She goes, I want to read my book. Can you go upstairs and watch it? Now I have a choice. I can either go upstairs and watch it, but I'm comfortable down there, or I don't watch the game. Or she needs to go upstairs or not read the book or whatever. We have choices. And so I don't get what I want. So there's a certain level of acceptance acceptance that we don't always get what we want right away. What I want is not only to watch the game, but her to want me to want to watch the game. Okay? If we're buying the couch together, we have different uh, points of view. Or, or we, we have different likes. And I like the blue couch, and she likes the green couch. And I'm, I can't get what I want easily. I, I, I have to work it out with her. So in terms of the metaphor of detours, we have to accept that there are detours in life. We can't always get what we want. If you're driving somewhere and suddenly there's a detour, you don't go forget it and go home. You just drive the detour and it takes a little more time. So with these decisions, either we compromise or I don't, I don't watch the Lakers game. There are times when she goes, I would rather watch a show with you together. And I really want to watch the Lakers, but I maybe want to watch the show almost as much. So I don't watch the Lakers and I watch the show. Right. So those are the things that, that we do in life in, in relationships. So let me think if I can think of a more significant but yet day to day decision. Um <clears throat> well this isn't day to day decision, but uh let's say I want to go to a conference in my field and my wife says oh but i was so looking looking forward to going to this get together you know with our friends and it's on it's on that weekend and i say okay well i i like them and i'd like to go to that get together but this this conference is very important to me well in that case assuming i go She's not getting what she wants, which is her husband and I, her husband and her to go together to this party. So now she is, she can either not go or she can go without me. Maybe she'll be the only person without her partner, but that's life. She needs to accept that detour. So those are the things that we need to do. And when we have this appreciation that we're different and when we are willing to accept these detours in life, there's a sense like those things have happened. And when she says to me, I, I can understand my, because she can accept the detour. She's able to say, I understand why you want to go to that conference. It's very important to you. And basically gives me her validation and blessings to go. That enhances intimacy. That makes me feel close to her. That makes me feel accepted. Look, when we disagree, but she accepts me, or when we have different preferences or disagree, but she yet accepts my difference and I accept hers, there's a sense of closeness. The, the, the closeness happens when, in many ways, more when we disagree. And when we agree, it's easy, no detour, that's great. 
But when we disagree and we go through the work of understanding each other and where each other's coming from, and, and we accept it, that's really where the closeness happens. That's where the intimacy happens. That's where our strength happens, that we can be connected despite the fact that there's a detour and one or both people are disappointed when there's a difference in preference and, you know, or a difference in opinion. So I just wanted to mention that point. And now the second one is um, there's an actually, a, the, the Myers-Briggs temperament inventory is actually a very useful thing. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but let me just talk about temperaments. There are four temperaments and there were four types, which leads to 16. I'm sorry, four temperaments and four different interaction styles that people can have, at least the 16 different types, and you can read about it. But what I want to do is um, simplify it because it gets my point across. Four temperaments. There are four temperaments. And I've done quite a few talks uh, to salespeople to help them convert sales in the past by being able to pick up what temperament they're in. I, uh, I've done talks on um, how to help uh, people in health facilities work well together and recognize the strengths and weaknesses of each person due to their different different uh, preferences. I'll, I'll get into the specifics in a minute. But I've also given talks uh, on, <clears throat> on couples and money. I gave a talk on money matters in marriage that had to do with Mars Briggs and how money means different things to different people. So there's a differences in in values in terms of money. It's different how we how we see money, uh, how what money symbolizes to us. Now, as we understand it and appreciate each other's differences, we can work with it. So there's four different temperaments. And one is the catalyst temperament. Catalyst catalyzes it. They they um, they like to grow. They like they they're open to possibility. They want to reach the capacity in all areas of their life. They're really into possibility. So when it comes to money, the money is 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 a way to have more possibility. With money, you can have more possibility. Then there's the theorist. The theorist, they're into mastering things. They're into um, strategy, seeing the big picture and making something happen in the long term. Stabilizers, another temperament. They're more like here and now, very much into belonging and doing the right thing, doing what's right. Security is important to them. And the last one is the improviser. The improvisers, they're into the here and now, but to experience the here and now. Where the stabilizer is more about, they're more into doing what's right and belonging and being responsible and honoring the past in a way even uh, family. And this, look, there's overlap in all these temperaments. I'm just saying the core need of stabilizers is to belong and to do one's duty, whereas the core need of the improviser is to have freedom and to make an impact and, have, and to enjoy life 
to experience activities. An example of an improviser would be someone who lives to ski. You know, you can enjoy skiing, but there are people that live for skiing or live for surfing. It's their life. They, that's where they, that's where they live. Yeah, they're oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes improvisers. Uh, stabilize, if you're an extroverted stabilizer, you're going to be the president of the PTA. You're going to be the person who manages things. The theorist is going to be the person who, uh, make sure that you have the right assurance for the future and, and they think big picture. So the, it sounds a little like the stabilizer, but they're much more big picture, the more strategizing. It's the general in a war who plots things out and, and makes and sees the big picture. Um, and then the catalyst is someone who is, is I mean, their could need is depth and connection and possibility. And so they are into you know, they're diplomats. They, they, they're the ones that bring uh, a spirit and create, try to create a good rapport uh, in business. Okay, so let's talk about money. Just as an example that how this can happen. I'm just giving you an appreciation for the importance of appreciating differences. Um, as a catalyst, which is what I am, money represents possibility. My wife is a stabilizer. And, you know, we're born with this, even though, you know, we change as life goes on, but it's kind of an innate thing is what they have done the research and found. And so a stabilizer for her money is security. So one day, back when my book had come out, my book, The Long Hot Marriage, had come out for a little while, I had a public relations person that met with me and said, I could get you on TV, I could get you on this, on that. And then he did something for me without me paying him that got me leading a group with Jack Canfield, who was Chicken Soup for the Soul, and another famous person. And the three of us were leading a group. And he did this like within minutes. I was very impressed. So uh, he did it, but he also did it for effect. He had now a proposal all ready for me. And he says, I could do that. I could do other things for you. And he opened this book, and it's like a little book. And it's a proposal of what he wants to do for me, with me, and how he would get me to get more well-known and sell more books and be more famous. I'm excited. I come home. I tell my wife, this guy uh, did this, and that got me on the, this call with Jack Canfield and this other guy, and, and um, he wants to get me on some major shows. And she goes, okay, and how much does this cost? And I said, and it was a time when this was – a lot more money to me than even now. It was like $28,000. I mean, it wasn't, it was, a, not, it was a chunk of change. And she says, there's no way, you know, that's a tuition at UCLA. And and uh, I understood. Because I, I, if I didn't appreciate the difference, how she looked at money as security and that I was taking this precious nest egg that we had and taking most of it at the time, to use for this thing, this idea that I had, I could understand this is interrupting her sense of stability. But at the same time, I need to explain to her that this was a possibility for me, that if I spend money on this, we won't have any problem paying for the college for both of our kids and and uh, if it works well. And of course, she's right. You don't know that. I go, I don't know that. But... I just need to go for it, you know. And so this is something that uh, we've we've gone through not just once, but in other areas. 
And in this particular case, I did go through it, and but I appreciated her anxiety, and I appreciated that it was a bit of a detour, like I said, in the first half of my talk here today, because I would have liked her to go, yes, go for it. But she's not a catalyst. If she was, she would have probably done that, probably. But she's a stabilizer. And you know what? Her being a stabilizer has saved me so many times. That time I went for it, uh, a year later, she said, see, it didn't work. But actually, two years after that, it took three years. It did work. In many ways, it really did work. And I think in hindsight, it was a great decision in many ways. And she recognized that. There have been other times when she saved me from spending money that probably was better to be stable and secure. Um, so there's a certain appreciation for differences and realizing the complementarity uh, that we all have. And I was just talking about how how it works with, with money, but it works in, in other areas of our lives too, in, in terms of preferences. So if you're more interested in, in that, you could always look on the Myers-Briggs or the four temperaments, or, you know, the 16 different types. There's plenty of information I'm sure out there. But again, I'm just giving you this so that you can appreciate the differences that you both have. Nobody's wrong, but we, we need to appreciate the value. That you need to, we need to appreciate it. Going back to what I said in the previous talk, that we look for the dream in it too. The dream for my wife was to make sure that we had safeguarded our money so that we could provide for our children. For me, it was the value of going for it, taking a risk so that we would have money. You know, we both were at the same values of taking care of our family. We just did it differently. You know, we, we were going about it a little differently and we appreciated that in each other. And each, each situation might have called for a different compromise, different detour, you know, when we were on different sides of the same equation. You know, the same equation is we both value our family, but again, approaching it differently and, and, and appreciating it. And I'm sure as you listen to me, you can think of situations in your life where uh, there was differences. And it's easy to judge the other person or judge ourselves, but nobody's wrong. We're just, we're just different. We are. So that's what I wanted to say. And that concludes this talk and probably a series of talks uh, for now on decision-making and intimacy. So thanks for listening. Take care. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.